You're listening to the Flying Goat Farm Podcast with your host, Lisa Check. This podcast is for people who love yarn and fiber and sheep, who love to knit and crochet and maybe even felt. We will be talking about the crossroads between keeping sheep and goats, making yarn, and expressing your colorful self. Hi, everybody. Welcome to uh, the Flying Goat Farm Podcast with your host, Lisa Check. It is podcast episode four today, and we're going to be talking about substituting farm yarns for commercial yarns. I want you to be the boss of your yarn. So here's what's happening on the farm. It is um, the second week of July, and it's pretty hot and muggy this week. Um, although there's a nice breeze going, all the sheep and goats are just in the barns. They're, they have planted themselves right in front of the big fans that we have running. And they usually, at this time of year, they'll go out to eat at nighttime or in really early morning. And then they'll spend the rest of the day hanging around the barn. Um, the dogs, they, um, Alfredo is out watching his flock. Um, it's He's also positions himself in front of the fan. If it gets hotter and even more muggy than this, then we typically put him and his brother into the barn so that they have concrete to lay on and it keeps them cooler. And at night, we put him out um, into the barnyard area because we've had some issues with foxes this week. And that's primarily because Poncha had... Um, uh, PTLO surgery two weeks ago. He's doing really good. I know a lot of people have asked about that, um, but he's living in the house right now. It, it's been an interesting transition and um, it'll be interesting to see if we get him back in the barn, if he'll be um, in good enough shape to do that without injuring his other knee, because that would be bad. So today we're talking about um, substituting yarns for farm yarns. And um, this can be a real problem because farm yarns, like I've spoken about before in a podcast too, um, they are not um, always right on the correct um, standard yarn weight. Um, so yes, um, you know, why is there a problem? Aren't your yarns labeled? Yes, they're labeled. Um, they're labeled with the closest standard yarn weight that they are, but they may behave differently than commercial yarns. Like we've talked about in previously in these podcasts, um, the commercial yarns are made with very uniform product. They're made in giant uh, factories. There um, is no possibility of any veg matter or any stray anything being in there and so they're very very consistent and those big large manufacturing factories yarn factories are the ones who have made those standard weights right they're the ones who um, have decided what is dk what is fingering um, what is lace um, since we use a, fall, a small mill because basically my clip is about a hundred pounds a year of fleece of wool fleece and probably about 50 pounds of mohair. So it's not a lot. 
Um, and so I have to use small mills um, to do the work. And the machines that are there, they um, they do a fantastic job, especially if the person in charge is, you know, very um, experienced. Um, but the wool will tell you. The wool tells you what it wants to be. And, um, you know, if it if I want it to be a thinner yarn than what the wool says, then I'm going to get something that's overspun and scratchy. If I want the wool to be um, bulky, but the but the wool does not want to be spun that way, then it may be um, something that like is very loosely plied, something that um, would pill a lot more and something that's not going to be a good product for you. Um, so that's why we don't always get the, um, the standard yarn weight directly on the head. The other reason is, is that the, those standard yarn weights, they're based on the grist or how, like what the diameter is of the yarn. And it's really a number line. It's a continuum. It's not, um, you know, it's, it's not like this is exactly what DK is. And if you look at some of these charts, they are they have ranges. For instance, a fingering weight yarn um, can have a wraps per inch of 19 to 22. That's a pretty big range. So and a wraps per inch is um, taking the yarn, putting it around a ruler around and around and around and around until you until it makes up the um, the one inch mark on your ruler or an inch mark on the ruler and then counting how many times did you wrap that yarn so and a sport rate go, sport weight goes from 15 to 18 wraps per inch a dk is 12 to 14 wraps per inch a worsted is 9 to 11 wraps per inch a bulky is 7 to 8 wraps per inch and a super bulky is like less than six wraps per inch. And in the show notes, I'll put this chart that I'm looking at. Um, and so it's, it is, it's a number line, it's a continuum. And so for instance, um, I may have um, a yarn that is, let's say it's 11 or 12 wraps per inch. And you could say that that was uh, a light worsted, or you could say it's a heavy DK. You know, it's on, it's right there on the cusp. And so um, it's, it may not knit up exactly the way that a commercial DK, which is probably hitting that 13 wraps per inch right on the money every single time. So it's going to be a little bit heavier than that. Um, then it's going to knit up differently. So when you're looking at a pattern, when you're looking at gauge, when you're looking at the needles to use, it's going to be a little bit different, but it's not hard to figure this out. This, the substitutions are not hard and I'm going to give you some, um, some little tricks. So there's a couple different ways that you can measure. I just said, it, you know, wrapping um, your yarn around a ruler, until it makes an inch and then counting. There's also um, these spinning tools um, that have marks on them or dents in them that you can actually lay your yarn into um, that 
will say, oh, this is for, this is so many wraps per inch. Um, if it fits into this groove or if it fits into the white portion of this lucite of this black and white lucite panel. Um, and that's how you measure it. So why are we even talking about this? And mostly we're talking about it because of gauge. A, pa a pattern will always be giving you um, a gauge and they will be giving you a size. And the only reason that, or the only place that gauge is really important is when you're making some kind of garment that needs to fit, needs to fit somebody. And, you know, we've all heard stories or maybe we've done it ourselves where, you know, you may, you'd spend all this time to make this sweater and it, it's, you know, the sleeves are a foot too long and it just fits really poorly and it doesn't look anything like the picture and you follow the directions specifically. And that's because probably the gauge was off. Um, and it's all gauge is also really important when you have a limited amount of yarn. Um, you you want to make this thing, whatever that even if that's a shawl that doesn't really need to fit, but you only have so much of this very precious yarn, and you want to make sure that you have enough. So that's the other reason or the other place when gauge is important. And there are a couple different tools for you to use to measure gauge. There are ones that have an opening that looks like an L where you can actually you count the rows and you count the stitches to find out what the gauge is. And there's also this cute um, kind of trapezoidal lucite one that actually um, you can also use to count your rows and your stitches. So why do we need to worry about substituting? And so basically it's because um, when you're looking at a sample or when you're buying a pattern, you're looking at the drape and you're looking at the fit of that garment. And that's what's making you purchase the pattern. But you have some other yarn and it could be a farm yarn or it could be something that's in your stash that you don't even know. Maybe you lost the label even. Um, and you... It, it, the garment, the way that it's going to look and the way that it's going to feel is dependent on that the yarn weight or the yarn grist. It's going to depend on your gauge. And even in a way, it's going to be dependent on your mood. You know, if you're too stressed out, you might knit really, really tightly. And um, if you're really tired, you may knit very loosely. Um, and then there's people that are just... Um, loose knitters or tight knitters. I know for myself, I'm a tight knitter. Um, and so that my patterns, so sometimes my patterns, when someone else knits them, look very different from when I knit them. And people know this. Working with yarn and thread is very person dependent. Um, it, Like I said, it depends on where you're sitting. It depends on the mood you're in. It depends on your stress level. And a lot of people said, know that they are particularly a tight knitter or loose knitter, and they know that they need to change their needle size to compensate for that. I've seen that in a lot of um, yarn stores where somebody will say, oh, yeah, this says, you know, size four. Well, I'm a tight knitter, so I need to go to a size six. I mean, they just automatically know 
I need to increase it to needle sizes. And of course, changing needles is the easiest way to change your gauge or to meet the gauge in the pattern. So here's the steps that you need to take if you're going to substitute your yarn. Number one, you need to measure the yarn grist by doing that, that wraps per inch. And, you know, like I've said, that's just as easy as counting. And then if the yarn is a little bit higher than the middle of the road, like we were saying, DK, the middle of the road is 13. So if I do my wraps per inch and I find out that it's actually 14, then I need to use a little bit smaller needle, like go down one size. If I find that the, my wraps per inch is a little lower for that DK instead of 13, it's 12. Then I need to use a little bit bigger needle. And then I'm sorry, the next step is, yes, you have to swatch. And I know you're gonna say, but I don't want to swatch. I know, but when you need, when you need to fit in it, then you need to swatch it. I was thinking of that famous quote, you know, if it, if it doesn't fit, you must acquit. So I was trying to think of something that would be kind of close to that. When you need it, when you need to fit in it, you need to swatch it. And some people think that this number one is a waste of time. Number two, it's a waste of yarn. And here's some like a different mindset for you that um, might help. Number one, you can always use these as little cute coasters. You can have a whole bunch of different coasters. They can be presents, whatever. Or you can always unknit them and then use your yarn in that project, especially if you're in that situation that I mentioned before where you're worried that um, you may not have enough yarn to finish the product project. So then just unknit it and then use it in your project. And I have another, some easier swatching techniques. Some, I don't know, you might call them cheating. Um, if you're going to do a shawl, so a shawl doesn't really need to fit, right? But um, you may, and you may be in that situation where you have the, the you know, the precious yarn that you want to make sure that you have enough of. So what you can do is start that shawl. Just start at the beginning and knit for about three or four inches. Then you can, number one, you see if you like it, you can see if you like the weight of the fabric. Um, put that, put those, put your stitches onto scrap yarn and block it. And then you can see, does, it, does this match gauge? And am, am I going to be okay with the amount of yarn that I have? And do I like the way that the, the fabric is, you know, is it, is it so tight that it feels like bulletproof vest and it wouldn't be comfortable to wear? Or does it feel like it's too loose or look like it's too loose and it's going to get caught on doorknobs or whatever, right? If you like it, then put it back on your needles and keep going. And if you don't like it, rip it out and change your needles. Go, you know, one size smaller or one size bigger. Uh, and, and, you know, do that over again. And just because you blocked that little part is not going to really mess with the, what you're knitting. And you can just keep going. Now, if you're making something that fits like a sweater, you're 
kind of in more of a bind. And so this is what I have done in that case, that I go ahead and start a sleeve. And um, I, I knit all the way through the ribbing, whatever that is. Usually it's a two-inch ribbing, right? And then I knit another two to four inches above that. Again, put it on your scrap yarn and block that. Now it's a cuff, right? So block that cuff. And again, if you like it, and if it fits, you know, the arm of the person, whether that's you or somebody that you're making it for, um, if it's not too big and floppy, or if it's not too tight, you can't even get your hand through it, put it back on those needles and keep going. You've met your swatch. But if you don't like it, you can take it out and redo it. Change the needle size. So those, those are kind of easier swatching techniques. They're something that um, it will save you some time um, and it will save you some money, and especially if you go through, you know, the tips of, you know, check out what that, the wraps per inch are and look at the chart and see if you might need to, you know, know in advance that you might need to, to change your needle size. Now, I've done some mindful, what I call mindful yarn substitutions. Um, and both of these are in the area of shawls because, again, the shawl does not need to fit. So um, when you're making a shawl, you can be more free with the pattern and the gauge and the yarn. And this is a real place where you can be creative and you can, um, you know, show your stuff kind of. So my example for this is the Raina shawl, which um, is a free, shawl, a free shawl pattern on Ravelry. So many people have made it. Hundreds of thousands of people have them that pattern in their cart. And it calls for a fingering weight yarn. And it calls for um, a size four needle. And it's, it's a beautiful pattern. It works really well with... Um, with variegated yarns. Um, I wanted to make a shawl to highlight Zephyret. This, that's my yarn that's um, baby alpaca, cashmere, and silk. And I was more of a fledgling knitter at the time. Um, so I didn't know that I shouldn't do this, but I did it. <laughs> I, I didn't follow the rules and it turned out great. I knew I wanted to use two um, skeins and that for basically for economic reasons. Number one, you know, the money I'm putting in for a sample, but number two, I wanted to have a really nice shawl that people could make with only two skeins of Zephyret. And I knew it had to be really lacy in order to do that. And um, I knew that probably I wanted the, the lacy parts of it to be very big. So what I did was I substituted the needles. Um, the pattern calls for size four, like I said. I went to a size 10 needle. It is a beautiful shawl. Again, in the show notes, I will put, um, put a picture of it. It's made with variegated yarn. Um, I even had enough that I could do a Pico bind off. Um, I think I ended up with maybe... Um, less than a yard left of the two skeins by doing that. 
again, with this kind of a shawl, if you feel like you're running out of yarn, you know, you don't have to do all the repeats either. So, you know, keep those things in mind. Um, when you're creating something, a shawl, a sweater, even if you're following a pattern, it doesn't mean that you have to follow it to the letter. Um, in that way, it's kind of like cooking, but you know, I'm not somebody that can follow a recipe either. I always have to change it. Um, I always have to add something or take something away, but this worked out really well because I knew that I wanted to make those, the, the mesh part, the lace part really big. And so I went for it. I, you know, changed that six needle sizes and it turned out lovely. And it has been, you know, part of my store display. I want to say for at least seven years and it has held up really well. It hasn't stretched out or um, anything like that. It's just, it's, it turned out really nice. I give you permission to change the pattern. My second example is the waiting for rain shawl. This is another one. This one is a paid um, pattern on Ravelry. Um, but it's something that so many people have in their cards. It's just incredibly beautiful. It is a garter. It's a, a, a crescent shaped shawl that with garter and then it has a beautiful um, lace pattern that's um, short rows of lace. It was way over my um, my comfort level or skill level. I actually had somebody else um, knit this for me because I just didn't think I could do that lace part without really messing it up. And I knew I wanted to highlight our worsted weight yarn that's made from our Cormo, our lively yarn. Um, so again, in that case, I knew I, I knew we would have to change the needle size because I, the pattern is written for fingering. I'm going all the way to a worsted weight. So I knew I would have to change the needle size. As it turned out, um, we went with the, the size that you would typically use for a worsted. Um, and in a kind of fiddly way, um, what actually happened was when the person that knit this for me, Lida, I love her. She's a great knitter. So she, um, the parts that are garter, she used a size nine needle. And then the parts that are lacy, she, she, um, interchange, she used the interchangeable needles and changed them to a size 10 so that it opens up the lace more. Um, but the nine gave it a better, um, a better feel and a better texture of the fabric for when the, the pattern was doing the garter stitch. So, you know, so many people say, well, you know, they come into the booth, well, what, what needle should I use for this? And I, I always feel like I have to say, well, that depends, what are you making? Um, and maybe it's because I am not, a, I didn't learn knitting as a kid. I taught it to myself, you know, not that many years ago, less than 10 years ago. So I don't really follow the rules. Um, and so, um, you know, you don't, it, just because a yarn says on the label, use size one to three needles, it doesn't mean that that's what you have to use. That means that 
if you want a fabric that is is sturdy and is something that like would be something for socks, like the weight of a sock, then you should use a size one needle. But if you're using that fingering weight and you want to make a lacy shawl, well, take it up, take it up, go ahead and you can be the boss of your yarn. And that's how I'm leaving you today. You get to be the boss of your yarn. And um, while it may, um, you may have to do some swatching, um, I think that you'll be happy because you'll be able to really express yourself and express what makes you happy while you knit. And that's the whole point of doing it, right? So that's our episode for today. Um, I'm putting together some interviews with other fiber farmers so that you can hear um, what some other people have found that they do with their farm yarn. And I also wanted to put it out there. If, if you have a question, you know, email me. You can go to our website, www.flyinggoat.com and, and click on contact us. Send me a question. I want to do some question and answer podcasts too. And um, I love, you know, talking to you guys and hearing what you want to know about. Also, every Thursday at one o'clock, I do a Facebook live where a lot of times I'm asking, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm answering questions for people. Sometimes I have um, things that I'm putting on sale, some yarns that I'm putting on sale. Sometimes I'm talking about patterns that we're working with. Um, so join us for that too. And until I'm here again with you, happy making. Well, that's this episode of the Flying Goat Farm podcast. If you enjoyed it, please consider leaving a review. Have a question you'd like me to answer? Send an email to goatherd at flyinggoatfarm.com. And to see our farm and yarn and roving, check out our website, at flyinggoatfarm.com. Follow me at Flying Goat Farm on Facebook and Instagram, and I'm Goat Herd on Ravelry. Until next time, happy making.